0: everybody good afternoon thank you for joining the sons of saturday it is sunday december 6th and we are here recording a post clemson podcast virginia tech fell to the clemson tigers yesterday 45 to 10 uh my name is pat finn i'm in new jersey billy ray how are you where are you what's going on fourth lost podcast in a row
1: um Doing about as good as you can be. I mean, no, I'm fine. I'm in New Jersey. Um, spent the weekend traveling. Uh, I was in Virginia a little bit earlier in the week. Now I'm back in New Jersey. It's kind of cold. Um, missed a couple days in the Peloton. Got back in the Peloton yesterday. That was the highlight of my day. Um, and looking forward to getting back in the Peloton today. That's the highlight of what's going on with me. What about you, Grayson?
2: Uh you know, I've been where I've always been in sunny Los Angeles, California. Guys, it dropped below sixty here the other day. Uh, that was that was nice. You know, to kind of get me in the holiday holiday mood, if you will, seasonally correct. Um, I, I actually had a very productive day yesterday prior to kickoff. Did a lot of things that I needed to to check off also got a little exercise in Billy Ray and I'm um, my entire body aches and I can't explain <laughs> why, but I'm in a lot of pain. So, um, and now I'm in even more pain because of <laughs> <laughs> the, the result of last night's game, but all things considered I'm fine, <laughs> you know? Sure. So, of course.
0: So, uh, we're excited for basketball this week, but we have to talk about football. <laughs> this is a, uh, we're still in football season. We got a couple games left, or we got at least one guaranteed game left, and uh, we're going to squeeze the juice out of the uh, the football season here. But we got to kick things off with a hokey Haiku brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy. The Sons of Saturday podcast, Virginia Tech, is brought to you by our friends at the Main Street Farm. Shout out to Lord Dr. Jeremy Counts and his friendly staff on Main Street, we love uh, the Main Street Pharmacy. They have, um, what, what really matters about the Main Street Pharmacy is how much they care about Blacksburg, how much they care about you as a Virginia Tech alumni or a Virginia Tech fan or a Virginia Tech student, maybe even just a, a Blacksburg resident. Jeremy will treat you like a number, not a neighbor. Students, if you're not on campus right now, you probably aren't on campus anymore, um, especially if you're living on campus because they, they sent you home. But when you go back, in, in, uh, in in I guess, late January. Go check them out. They got Sons of Saturday flags, Sons of Saturday t-shirts at the Main Street Pharmacy, where you are a neighbor, not a number. We have two haikus today coming from two of our friends. JJ Singleton has the first one. Today we are down, but Hokies are never out. Bring the cup back home. There we go. And then uh, that was positive. Uh, that's a good, I love that. Yeah, uh, that was a great one, JJ. That was a really good one. Mr. Then, Brightside. <laughs> Mike Young, Money Season, a.k.a. Joe Rogers, <laughs> our favorite <laughs> fictional character. He says, roses are maroon, violets are burnt orange, the plants are wilted. Mr. Not-so-brightside. <laughs> not so bright side definitely can resonate with that... Uh, with that haiku there, Joe. So we'll just jump into it here as we do every episode. Where did we watch? Grayson, talk to us uh, about your viewing experience. Any fun? Any 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 fun <laughs> compadres or what's going on down in L.A.? I know you can't do much in that city right now.
2: Sure. So COVID has uh, kind of taken its toll on this city. Um, COVID cases are really high right now. So there was no watch party yesterday uh, at O'Brien's. Pub in Santa Monica, so uh, I just stayed home, stayed home and watched the game. My buddy Austin Born, who's also a hokey, came over. Shout out to Austin. Uh, he had just gotten a COVID test; he was negative, a rapid test. And uh, I too also got a negative test as well. So he came over, uh, drank some uh, some Bud Lights down the hatch, and and just watched the watched the game. Uh, it was actually, all things considered, a, a lot of fun to to just see someone else that I don't work with. So. <laughs> We had a good time, Billy Ray. Where'd you watch? Sick.
1: Uh, I watched uh, on my couch with my father until it was uh, it was like a twenty eight point game, and then I crawled up the stairs and watched the rest from my bed. Um, pretty eventful. I uh, didn't really want to see anybody. Kind of wanted to just watch it by myself. Um, and just watched it from home. That
0: that that's what I did, Pat. Yeah, same here. Had the Christmas decorations <laughs> up inside. Watch with the family. Watch with the close friend uh, EJ DaCosta, Emily DaCosta, and Beth. Shout out Beth uh, who came over as well. But um, yeah, enjoyed some nice Trader Joe's buffalo chicken dip Ooh. and uh, some Eagle Rare bourbon. But uh, that was about it. Nothing, nothing too crazy. It's uh, it's getting cold out. Can't watch outside at a at a fun place like we did. Uh, you know earlier in the fall, but that brings us to what did we like about this football game? Cause there were some bright spots. I, uh, you know, I came away feeling pretty upset, pretty angry about the game, but uh, definitely were some bright spots. Bill, talk to us about what did we like and, and who, who's, who's bringing us this segment. The hub in Blacksburg. Look, look, there's
1: not a lot of things to be, well, there are a couple things to be excited about. Basketball is coming up. Wrestling is getting started soon. VT women's lacrosse is getting started soon. Women's basketball is off to a hot start. Well, something to look forward into the future is the beautiful facilities of the hub in Blacksburg. Next level, absolutely state of the art. We can talk to you all day about it. You should go check it out. It's all across the country. This is a rave. They got it down in Oxford, Mississippi. They got it in all over the country at different places. And it's finally coming to Blacksburg. If you want to live luxuriously, you want to not have to worry about anything. You know where I've been through my different living escapades. Check out the hub in Blacksburg. It is the best in the business.
2: Huboncampus.com gonna... backslash Blacksburg.
1: Huboncampus.com backslash Blacksburg. Um let's talk a little bit about things that didn't have to do with offense or defense that we liked. I mean, straight up. I loved our team's energy. I really did. I thought the team came out fired up. I thought the team was competing all night long. Uh, they were engaged. Um, you know, the sprinkler dance with Dax was awesome. Uh, entire team ran on the field, started dancing around. I mean, that was arguably probably the highlight of the entire game was the sprinkler dance with Dax. Um, and just the entire the entire team's energy last
0: night. Pat, do you have anything to add about the energy last night? So I tweeted this out right at the beginning of the game. It, it was just very interesting to, to be in this environment or to watch the environment with absolutely no fans in the stadium. So bizarre. And, you know, turn on ABC. The Coastal BYU game was awesome, but we're like, all right, we got to watch our Hokies play. Turn it over to ABC. You have Fowler and Herb Street. They have the blimp in Blacksburg, giving the aerial shots a lane, and it's just this massive edifice with absolutely no one in there. And I tweeted out, you know, that building is as empty as every Hokie fan's soul right now, you know, because in any other year, you know, anyone listening to this or anyone who's watching the game wishes they could be there and should be there, you know, after a long day of tailgating and, uh, you know, an ACC showdown under the lights at night primetime herbie Fowler, maria taylor on the call and just it, it was just such an interesting thing cuz i cuz when it, when they said it was going to be on abc primetime i'm just like okay yeah like whatever like they're not going to pull out any stops or do anything different but then they you know have the blimp shots they do the shots of uh the team walking out from the locker room into the tunnel and you're just like oh man like this could have been so special and so awesome um but I, I still thought it was cool. I still love when when Virginia Tech and Lane Stadium and Blacksburg, Virginia are on the forefront of the attention, uh, you know, the national landscape there. As far as offense goes, we'll start things off with offense. Our game plan in the first half was pretty successful. Um, you know, we had the ball two times in the first half, and we just melted that clock. We would run the ball. We would snap it at three seconds. And we picked up some first downs and we scored a very awesome touchdown drive. Time of possession, uh, you know, for our offense for this entire game, we had the ball for 38 minutes, Uh, 330 yards of total offense, 202 passing and 131 on the ground. Um, But I I think the game plan was there. And I think keeping Trevor Lawrence off of the field was happening. And uh, it really worked in the first half. I think, um, look, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due.
1: Um, and we've been critical on here before, but the coaching staff did a really good job putting together a game plan. It's hard to evaluate whether the game plan was successful only in the first half and not as successful in the second half because everything went wrong in the second half, whether it was injury, whether it was turnovers, or, or basically the wheels fell off in the second half. Um, but it's hard to blame that really on the game plan. Uh, We saw a ton of creativity out of a bye week. um, We were doing a lot of double motion, flipping over our formation. We were huddling up uh, where they were unable to see who was necessarily in the game, what formation we were going to come
0: out on. I I did notice that Um, Mm -hmm. it it looked a lot different. You know, Hendon would kind of just like stand there and he would kind of like dictate to a few of the guys like what would be happening. I've never seen that before. I loved, I loved the change, uh, and the quarterback coming to get the play from
1: the coach on the sideline as well. Um, that was another wrinkle that we saw, especially that I'm sure helped out guys like Knox and guys like Burmeister um, when they eventually had to go in the game. Uh, I want to shout out Braxton Burmeister. I thought he was great. His athleticism was awesome. His pocket presence on the pass to Tavion Robinson, it was one of those plays where, uh, he kept his eyes downfield, was able to shift away from the pressure. Um, and and I, I believe it was Silas Zanzi did a good job uh, picking up the extra blitzer, picking up the defensive end. I forget who it was.
0: Yeah, I really liked also um, it was that same drive. It was a third and five Braxton's athleticism. When he drops back and he sees a hole, he has such a, a quick first step and he scampered for the first down on that third and five. Um, and, and there was he a had, great you know, block by juice on that play.
1: Mm-hmm. Huge block, a huge block by juice. And again, again, like that's just another example. Like I, I saw no quit in the, in the team last night, honestly, like guys were, guys were, guys were battling. We're obviously an inferior team, um, undersized and, you know, you win four games this year. We came out and battled. Uh, another thing that I really noticed about Braxton last night. And, you know, we can, we can look at his, uh, his statistics from yesterday, 10 of 12, 127 yards, uh, 94.8 QBR. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me is he didn't look like some of the times he was in the game early in the year. He looked nervous. Like he was unable to convert on those little screen dump offs. We uh, we always said that he was incapable of getting the guy, the ball. He was able to do that several times last night. We ran a couple of screens early to, to great success. Um, so it looked like he'd settled down and he really was uh, kind of at the peak of his powers per se. Um, and he has a great arm. We've all known that for a long time. Um, so I want to tip my cap to him there. And then, you know, my last note here is, Khalil Herbert goes for 96 yards and gets himself over a thousand. Haven't had an a thousand yard rusher since 2015 and Trayvon McMillan, Khalil Herbert, um, just watching him, like even seeing him have two or three yard runs where there's nothing there. His talent is just so, so evident. Um, There were a couple of plays where he would go up into the line. He'd spin out and find two or three yards and just make something happen out of nothing. I mean, he's just been a pleasure to watch this entire year and he's gone over a thousand
0: with missing multiple games in a shortened season. I was, I was yeah I was I was pretty impressed with Herbert last night. Um and and I think that Herb Street gave him a lot of solid props too. This was his first appearance on a primetime game like this and he got some solid exposure that I think America had had not been able to see yet. Um so
2: I was happy for him in that regard as well. I uh you know obviously Juice had our only touchdown run. He he like walked into the end zone untouched. That drive, that touchdown drive was Phenomenal. I mean, Burmeister, Bill, I really do agree, at least uh, there in the first half, he seemed the most comfortable he's ever seen uh, under under center. Uh, that pass to Tavion was, was beautiful. I love that play call. Haven't really seen any play call like that this season. Uh, but, you know, when you score 10 points, like you guys kind of hit all the nails on the head there. I really don't have too much else to talk about
0: is that is that the same play call that we scored the touchdown with Trey against Carolina last year and then we hit Trey again earlier this year i forget which game very
2: similar like. very very so North miami Carolina. miami right this season or yeah. last season miami
0: this year same thing but uh the safety was there and he got Trey sure but I'm we, not sure that- guys. I thought I thought Tavian Robinson came right to left rather than uh staying on the
1: left side. I'll have to I'll have to look at it. But I mean, to your point, like this was the most creative that our offense had been all year. Uh I, I know that it resulted in 10 points, and we'll get into some of the reasons why it only resulted in 10 points. But um, you know, one of my biggest frustrations and our all of our biggest frustrations was trying the same thing over and over and over again each week, and it didn't look like we were making adjustments. Finally made some adjustments and um now, I know it didn't. Under, it didn't result in scoring a ton of points, but there are several reasons why the point total was ten, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But
0: last thing here, we kind of finally got to see a little bit of Blackshear catching the ball out of the backfield and doing a little shake and bake and being in open space. Uh, he had 68 receiving yards uh, last night. Um, and that was on four catches, uh, along a 42. We've been, we've been waiting to see that all season. That's what we heard about all off season is, you know, how much of a threat Blackshear would be. So finally got to see it a little too late, but, uh, nonetheless got to give him his props as well. Changa Hodge was awesome.
1: I loved seeing Changa Hodge get some burn. I mean, i am i to be honest when I saw his first lineup and we had, the uh, progressive, uh, zip cam or whatever they call it. Um, and we were looking into the huddle. I was like, oh man, like where's Trey Turner. And to be honest, I had no idea Trey Turner wasn't going to play until he didn't, he wasn't on the field. Um, so, you know, but Hodge filled in really admirably. He's a big guy, uh, made some big plays. I love that we got him involved. Um, wish we could have got him involved earlier. Um, but, you know, he was a nice ad towards the end of the season this year. Um, shifting over to defense. Like it's really easy to look at Clemson scoring 45 points and a couple of the drives where it looked like it was really easy for Clemson um, to score and say that, you know, the defense wasn't good, but they've done that to everybody. I actually think the defense played about as well as you could have asked. I think over the course of the season uh, coach Hamilton, I think Ed Williams tweeted this um, he's gotten better. Um, He's made adjustments. um, He's worked with what he has to work with. Uh, And has shown flashes. Um, I would love him to be in the fold over the long term, in the long haul here. Uh, I love what he brings in terms of kind of his familiarity with the state of Virginia. And by long haul, I mean, regardless of what happens with this entire staff, I would love to see guys like Jay Tap, Tab, uh, Tierlink, obviously, all of these guys kind of still be in the fold. Um, but when the defense needed stops, they came up and made stops. Um, we had a we forced a three and out right out of the half uh, when Clemson got the ball to start. Uh, Fourth, an interception on a short field after the bad punt snap um, uh, where Oscar had the ten yard punt. Um, you know, you just can't expect to hold Clemson every single time. They're going to expose you a few times, but uh, I thought the defense played admirably yesterday.
2: You know, all they're they're in the first half. Uh, I love Diablo's interception in the end zone. You know, Herb Street pointed this out. He was kind of out of position there on that play. He comes across the end zone, and if Diablo's not there, that's a touchdown. Like he comes right across. Had he not been there a second sooner, that's a touchdown for Clemson, no doubt. Uh, and big ups to Diablo to take a knee there in the end zone because. In the past we've had some uh we've had some DBs who like to take it out of the end zone and we're on the 5-yard line because they get blown up. So that's great coaching. Shout out to the coaching staff. Obviously they're teaching the DBs, "Hey man, you pick it off in the end zone, take an a knee, get that touchback." Would have loved to have capitalized on that touchback. Um and you know all in all, like I think the I think the secondary Played pretty well. I mean, Breon Murray did get kind of torched by by Cornell Powell there uh, towards the end. There was the also
1: no safety help. There are a lot of corners yeah. that would have got that would have. I just want people to understand that. I mean, sure. If you're in sure. if you're in if you're in man if you're in man press against some of those wide receivers, you're you're picking your poison. You're picking. Do I want to stop ETN or do I want to stop the passing game? You're you're. That's just going to happen.
2: Yeah, you kind of roll the dice there, but. Uh, Good day from, from the secondary. Again, I mean, Clemson does this to everyone. They, they're they the better team. Uh, in terms of keeping them off the field, I mean, it could have been worse. And so with our time of possession, you know, we did all that we could to keep Trevor Lawrence and that high-powered offense off the field. So, uh, you know, we did what we could.
0: You know, as far as the defense goes, I I definitely agree that the defense did enough early on to keep us in this ball game and and keep our offense motivated. Um, a couple highlights that I saw: Trevor Lawrence is averaging over three hundred yards a game through the air, and he he either did not have a great night, he wasn't himself, or we just had a great game. Meet you in the middle there, twelve for twenty two. 195 a touchdown and a pick that you were talking about uh pretty impressive to keep Trevor under 200 passing yards i mean that that guy's going to be the number 1 pick in the draft this upcoming year um you know how many how many top 10 picks or first round quarterbacks have absolutely lit us up over the years it's nice to see that you know we were able to keep him in check and then the same thing with Travis Etienne on the ground i don't know if you guys Really thought he had any, you know, game breaking runs, but he only ran for 68 yards, um, or 66 yards, 4.1 yards carry. It, it was more so just a lot of situational stuff that was our it was downfall. Their this game.
2: It was their backup running backs who were torching us. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. it, we, had, we had ETN dialed up.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dixon and renter had solid games. Um, but yeah, you know, keeping a team like Clemson to 17 points at half, I know the ball game is four quarters, uh, but the defense did a solid job of keeping it close. And we said before in our preview, you know, can we keep it close at halftime? I want to give another shout out to Amari Barno. Uh, that guy is the in most my opinion, consistent guy on the team, probably. in my opinion, the best player on our defense, the most consistent guy on our defense. And that play he made. Uh, right out of halftime chasing down Trevor Lawrence behind the line of scrimmage Uh, the first drive by the defense. We held them to a three and out and uh, I thought it was going to set the tone for the second half. It clearly did not, but um, it was impressed by that and think uh, they definitely deserve some mention there. We have a little segment on special teams. We got to give our credit where credit is due on special teams, what we liked here. And I'm very happy with Brian Johnson and what he was able to do 53 yarder, put it right down the middle. That had to be a freezing cold football to kick. If you're a kicker or a punter, man, you're just sitting on the sideline all game. You go in like five or six times a game and you're freezing cold. Brian did his job. So I want to give a big time shout out to Brian Johnson. We got, I mean, is somebody going to give James Mitchell some credit here? Yeah, we, Dude's we, we, to
2: tight,
1: we, tight end going back there to return punts, which has been a, uh, a debacle all year, honestly. Sons um, of, I'm
2: okay with that. I, <laughs> I, I hope that man next week is returning every punt.
1: Yeah, he did a great job. <laughs> um, Got it on
2: the one hop.
1: Got it on the one hop. Did a great job. Um, so shout out to James Mitchell. Was grad glad to see him get back there and, and do a good job. Um, but yeah, that does it for things that we like. A little longer than maybe some would expect, but uh, we can jump into things that we uh, that we didn't like and I'm going to kick it off with this. Okay. Um, the offense has been a problem. I don't want to say it's been a, no, the offense has had problems the entire year, especially these last four weeks. Um, but to me, this game was so different than the Pittsburgh game. Whereas I think a lot of our problems were either execution or injury. Uh, and I tried to think of what are the three biggest reasons that we scored 10 points? Well, well, not including the fact that we're going against Clemson. Um the injuries, you lose two of your quarterbacks, you don't have your third string quarterback, your fourth string quarterback is playing the lion's share of the second half. That certainly doesn't help. Uh we had fumbles. We fumbled the ball 3 times, one of which resulted in a defensive touchdown. Um you just can't do that against Clemson. They're going to they're going to crush you for making mistakes. And then the last one for me is and this was just inexcusable. We may have well have had five turnovers because the Inexcusable personal fouls uh, that absolutely crushed our drives. Uh, most importantly, being the first one out of the half. And Pat, I know we spoke about this before the game. We were hoping that we'd get the ball first to kind of set the tone, um, instead of deferring or or uh, Clemson ending up uh, taking the ball. We got the ball first and we're really driving the ball down the field. We had a a good like momentum setting first drive, and it gets crushed by a uh, by a personal foul um and that's kind of been
0: wasn't the first drive of the game Hendon uh couldn't handle the snap that's
1: right i'm sorry the second uh the second drive of the game uh we had the personal foul i don't Uh, think
0: the personal foul wasn't until the second quarter was it not yeah regard regard regardless yeah yeah regardless whether it was the fumble on that
1: first drive or the personal foul that's kind of been something that's kind of bit us, bit us in the, bit us in the butt all year. Uh, last night we were only penalized two times for 25 yards, the entire football game. Um, and that's kind of like Brock plays hard. Uh, he plays, you know, nasty, but he's done this before. This has been in other games. It's just simply, cannot happen um, and it crushed two of our drives and ended up in lost opportunities for points. So when I look back on this football game and why the offense didn't click, it wasn't necessarily game plan. I thought we had a great game plan. thought the offensive line played really well. thought Khalil Herbert was doing some awesome stuff and um, that's really what it came down to for me.
2: You know, it's crazy when you think we only had two penalties last night and and, and I'll say this, Uh, those personal fouls, it's, it's like you said, Bill, it's inexcusable. Uh, Brock is an intense football player. Okay. He plays with a lot of emotion. I'm sure if I had pads on, I'd be just like him. I would probably, because I'm just an emotional guy. I, I would probably have a personal foul or two myself. So I can't, I can't sit here and say, oh man, like, don't do that. But they killed us, man. You're right. We might have, we might as well have. I mean, had. I would
1: have been, I would have been critical with you too if you got to, if you got to, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> 150%. Like if I were doing that and I'm a fan, I'd be pissed at me. Like you, there have been too many moments this season where we've had a glimmer of momentum killed by just not thinking straight. I get it. You know, he plays with a lot of intensity and I love that. And I want that on, on this football team. I've always wanted that on this football team, but intensity like that comes with a price. You have to be smart and you cannot let your emotions cost yourself and your teammates. It took
1: me Uh, back to, uh, to the battle at Bristol, um, where I know this wasn't this, this obviously wasn't a personal foul thing, but Wyatt Teller had the multiple chop block calls, uh, against Tennessee. Um, and, Penalties like that, when you get off schedule and we've talked about this before, a lot of the times last night, I was, I was watching, you know, second down and first down. If we're getting behind the sticks, if we're getting into first and 12, second and eight, third and, you know, eight plus um, and you're just not going to be able to convert uh, not having a full uh, a full roster of your starting wide receivers and, you know, an inexperienced quarterback going against Clemson um, you, when you're in plus territory or you're, in an opportunity where you can run different plays, you just can't be giving free opportunities like that. And even though it was just twice, those were two drive killing penalties.
2: Sure. Sure. Uh, and, you know, and we, we, we've talked turnovers. You cannot fumble against the Clemson Tigers, especially on their side of the field, because they will make you pay for it. They're built to make you pay for it. My last, my last thing offensively that just, Oh, my my blood was boiling. Like, pour my blood in a pot, turn the stove on to high. It was boiling. We have three timeouts prior to going into halftime. Coach Fu, you can't take them with you. And we decide to let the clock run out and not even try to establish a drive after Clemson has done what every team does best against us, march down the field and score a touchdown right before halftime. What the frick else is new? And and all I got to say is, that's weak, bro. It's soft. And on a larger scale, it does not instill any confidence in me that this program is headed in the right direction. It's playing not to lose when your chances of winning – Are already at the bare minimum. It was so soft, and it's like Mike London S clock management. It's it's horse crap. It's horse crap.
0: It was bad. Oh man, I did I okay. Blood on the stove boiling. That is hilarious (laughs) because I was feeling the exact same way. I think steam was coming out of my ears. I was infuriated. My buddy EJ says, Hey Pat do you want to go play ping pong during halftime? And I'm just like, I'm just like, no, I I can't. I just, I, I couldn't focus. I was so fired up from that. You got three timeouts. Herbert takes it back to the 35 or whatever. He had a great kick return. was moving in and out of traffic. And then after one bad play or one, you know, short gain, we just decide to kill it down to 24 seconds or whatever. And then, Oh, Remember who's on your team. Khalil Herbert, one of the best running backs in the country is on your team. He goes scampers for a big gain and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, great. We have, you know, 3 seconds left and 3 timeouts and we're going to have to do this <laughs> very, very strange Hail Mary play that just added insult to injury to everyone's uh pre-halftime.
2: Uh The play never it never, sh- never should have happened.
0: Brutal. Brutal. Well, because- I mean, you,
1: if you're going to ta- uh, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. I I, I, I did not like, I did not like the way that that went down. I I agree. However, it's the, it's been the MO of what we've always done. You gave, well, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you (laughs) rage. I'm going to let you rage. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what happens. The first play, like we've said forever dictates what you're going to do. First play, you get four yards and we let the play clock bleed out. I would have loved to snap the ball before three seconds were on the clock to get one more opportunity to see if, okay, can we move the chains one time and then let it go? You give the ball to Herbert on second down and six, he gets 30 yards. So again, if you want to say we shouldn't have even been there, we were handing the ball off to do the exact same thing and take it into halftime. You get the 15 to 30 yards. It's a it's a kick in the nuts when you get the play after that. I agree. I would have loved to be for us to be a little bit more aggressive, though. I'm not going to
0: Brian Johnson had just hit a 53-yard field goal six minutes prior. And Herbert takes it to the 35. I'm not asking you to put the ball in the end zone. I'm asking you to get 35 more yards, not even that much, and kick a field goal, get some points. Dabo Swinney's football team is getting the ball out of the break. And you're not. It's essentially just looking the offense in the face and saying, "I don't, I don't. We don't believe, trust you. I don't believe in you guys. I don't think you guys can run the one minute drill with with three timeouts. Like, come on. Like it's, that. I, that was an excuse so week. Weak. And and a so week. And I just, I can't get behind when Coach Fu gets on the press conference and says, "I'd do it again." It's just like, really, really, I
2: wouldn't. Would you? I wouldn't I believe him. That. I don't think he's lying. I Whether you agree that. with it or not. not. Is <laughs>
0: here's, the,
2: here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I know he isn't lying. And that's a problem. That's an issue because three timeouts, bro. It's the Clemson it, Tigers, it's man. It's the Clemson Tigers. Go score some points. This ain't, West, this ain't Western Kentucky, dog. Like, what the hell? Out of it, like, just dumb. Dumb. I used to say something on this podcast. Henhouse shit is what that was. Sucked. Sucked. Terrible. I agree.
1: I would. I would have done it differently. To be fair, defense did come out, make a great stop after uh, after after halftime. Did do their yeah, job. Made a great they stop. They did.
2: We should have been tied. We could have been tied. We or at least could have been seventeen to thirteen at the very least. But no. No, 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 we'll, guys, we're going to the locker room. It's fine. <laughs> and we, okay, we did not lose that game
0: because of this single drive. But let's zoom out that single drive and and the way it was approached in the press conference and just how riled up everyone is because of it is just a microcosm of this entire season. Um, so moving along, I won't,
1: I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't disagree with that. I won't disagree with that. I don't think like last night we were having conversations that that set the tone for the second half, implying that the team would have come out and played differently because of that. I don't agree with that at all. Um, it's but a game momentum,
0: it's a game it momentum. is a game. Brian it Johnson a- hits another nice field goal going to the break, down four, get the ball with the opportunity to, to go up three. Come on, dude. I'm not going to act like that. that is, I just don't, I just don't think I,
1: I don't, I just don't think that that, affected the headspace of of the team at all i think they came out they competed we got a we got an you interception know, you, from you diablo in a game of momentum and we fumbled it two plays later right like, right i mean but
0: you're you know. saying you don't you don't think the team went into the locker room a little bummed out i,
2: I think they were a little bummed. so mad
1: i, I think they were so bummed mad. out that uh that we didn't get in on the hail Mar- the hail mary just honestly added insult to injury more than anything the hail mary coming up a yard short Totally added insult totally. to injury that- And should be transparent. If we run the ball twice with Herbert and he gets three yards on each carry, then it's probably not a big deal either. It's the fact of them. It's the fact that we had that 15 yard run because you're at, like when you said before, you're like, do you not trust your offense to score in a minute and six seconds? Honestly? No. I don't trust our offense to score in a minute and six seconds with a running back. Who's really good and a receiving core. That's not very good. That's just that. That's just how I feel about it. You have like to you gotta
0: try. You have to you try. try. Okay. You okay. only okay. got to get one shot before they're up 20 points. One opportunity. Well, they weren't up till they weren't up till See, they exactly weren't up 20 points
1: until we had our fourth string quarterback in, but not all of this aside. I hear where you guys are coming from. I personally do wish that we were a little bit more more aggressive. And to me, it was the biggest coaching thing that came out of this past game.
2: All I'll say before we move on is that Hail Mary to Raheem Blackshear, I, I think personifies what it is to be a Virginia Tech football fan. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. So close, but one yard short. One yard short. Look at the ref. Sorry, bro. You didn't get it. Didn't get it. Maybe next time, maybe next year or the year after that. Absolutely All right.
0: Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Great catch by Blackshear's bummed out on the result there. So um, two more things that kind of just were, uh, were question marks or, uh, you know, just from a personnel perspective, Hendon Hooker comes out of the game. You know, what was going on there? You know, it, it looked like he was shaking. He was kind of like convulsing. Um in the press conference, it was said that he was cold. Uh, But if you watch the tape, if you watch what was going on, he looked a lot more than cold. Like that was not just being cold. We've all been cold. You know, what was that? What was going on there? Like where were the side, if he was so cold, like why don't we have sideline heaters set up? We knew it was going to be in the thirties. Why isn't he wearing a jacket? Why aren't people looking out for our starting quarterback and, letting him be in that type of position. I don't know. I wasn't down there. I have no idea what happened, but it was just very, very interesting and concerning at the same time from a fan. It was horrifying. It was honestly horrifying
1: because people on Twitter were like taking pot shots at at Hendon for, for, for his play and stuff. Um, And knowing that he had gone through some, some health issues earlier. um, You know, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, It was, it was, it was pretty scary to see uh, to see that unfold even after the game, when he was leaving in his jacket um, with his teammates, like, so shiver. I mean, the first thing coming to my head is like, is he suffering from like hypothermia or like, well, I I have just no idea. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was scary more
2: than anything else. It looks like it almost looked like a panic attack of some kind. I mean, like Mm -hmm. it was, it was scary, scary. And, and, and nobody was really talking about it, which, kind of ticked me off. It's like, Hey, yo, I don't think he's all right. Somebody get this man some help. Yeah. Um, That that was a little disappointing.
0: Yeah. So thoughts and prayers going out to Hendon. I know Hokie nation is behind him and, and hopefully he'll, you know, he'll be okay uh, moving forward here. But uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, that wasn't just being cold. That looked like something else. Um, So he hope he's okay. And then uh, just speaking of health of the team, Uh, we really miss Trey Turner's presence out there on the field. Billy kind of talked about this earlier, but uh, just from a leadership perspective and a threat in both the running game uh, East West and the receiving game, uh, you know, I I think he definitely could have added a spark for us yesterday. And I hope he's, he's going to be able to play versus Virginia because I know there's no man in that locker room who wants that Commonwealth uh, cup back in Blacksburg than Trey Turner. So, uh, and he is all right
1: shifting over to defense i really don't
0: i really don't have a ton to say
1: negatively about the defense again you're going against you know multiple first round picks um we haven't really been able to develop an identity i don't know how many uh, kirk must have said that 100 times but he's right uh we just don't really have a a defensive identity um i guess just inconsistency um you know didn't see a lot of justice Reed yesterday Kept getting torched on the. Um, I think it was two or three times we got killed on uh, the Trevor Lawrence read, uh, where you know we just crashed extremely hard. Uh, had nobody there to account for the quarterback, uh, and he was able to trot into the end zone. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was my issue with the defense, honestly.
2: My my main issue comes from just the fact that we just can't wrap up. Uh I'd also love to speak to whoever is coaching the players to go for the strip instead of the tackle because that infuriates me. I've seen that all season long. It is omnipresent in our defense. If you go for the strip, you could let a running back go for an extra 10 yards trying to do just that. And I'm pretty sure in the Wake Forest game that happened. It was that play where half of our defense got dragged into the end zone because they were trying to go for the strip. It's like put his ass in the dirt tackle him wrap up and finish the play it's it it will not end if you let the man walk if you're trying to go for the ball so i i don't i don't know you know i said it earlier i wasn't horrified by our defensive play i thought it was going to be much worse i predicted 62 to 14 and they only put up 45 points but i don't know man we just we got to wrap up if we want to beat the team we're playing next week, we got to wrap up half there. There have to be changes made there. We, I don't know what we're teaching these guys, but that is fundamentals.
0: So we're going to jump into our word of the day. A lot of words that we could use uh, to talk about this. A lot of words and a lot of, you know, what reminds me of a lot of menu items at one of our favorite eateries (laughs) in Blacksburg, Virginia Roots Natural Kitchen. It's new to Blacksburg. It actually has roots in Charlottesville and roots in Richmond, but Blacksburg is one of the new spawns of that plant. And speaking of plants, <laughs> very healthy food items at Roots Natural Kitchen. It's kind of like the healthy alternative. You know, you got your Mediterranean dishes that you can go to, you know, Kava and get some stuff there but when you go to roots it's a lot more natural you feel like you're you're cleansing your soul when you eat roots natural kitchen they have fantastic bowls it's a spiritual have- event it's a cleansing it's a spiritual event. oh man it's cleansing i love that place i want to go back you guys should get one in new jersey roots uh but check out roots blacksburg check out roots charlottesville Check out Roots Richmond. They are all over the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Sorry, Grayson. Jump in, Roots, download the Roots Natural Kitchen app and use Sons of Sat promo code. You will get 20% off of your Roots Natural Kitchen order. Check them out. They're awesome. And we do giveaways about Roots every single week on Instagram. So check that out as well. A
2: lot of lucky winners out there. Grayson? I can't wait! I can't wait to try roots when I come home to uh, RBA. <laughs> I'm re- I'm actually really really excited. Um, I'll I'll kick off word of the day. Uh, first, I want to read this tweet from Virginia Beach Councilman Aaron Rouse, former Hokie Great, uh, on some of those ferocious Bud Foster defenses uh, in 2005 and 2006. He tweeted, and I quote. I am not easily upset, but if you run a program into the ground that my brothers and I built with blood, sweat, tears, with loyal fans, then I will be upset. End quote, hashtag Hokies. Councilman Rouse, I could not agree more with that. Uh, My word of the day is crushed. I'm absolutely crushed. Now, let me make this clear. We were never supposed to win this game, but to see our perpetual fall from grace just crushes me. We used to compete with the Clemson Tigers at that high level, but they are light years ahead of us now. And to see former players who have gone on to do very successful things, Aaron Rouse was in the NFL and is now a councilman in his hometown of Virginia Beach. Talking about how it crushes them, that something that they helped build is crumbling right in front of their eyes. That crushes me. And now we sit here at four and six, and I have no confidence, none whatsoever, that we win next weekend against the UVA Cavaliers. I almost don't even want to watch. And and, and I guess, here's my thing: we lose to UVA. I want a page one rewrite. I'm calling for all the staff, current staff, Coach Fu, Cornelson, everyone. I want them gone.
0: Uh, I, you I, want to I, fire? You want to fire Daryl Tap and? I,
2: And uh, I've I've, I've said, I've said, I've said that the defensive staff, because they're in year one, they get a pass. I've said that on podcasts prior, but last year at around this time, I came on this podcast and I said, we don't win 10 games next season. I'm done with this staff and I'm there. I'm there. This is not it. It's not it. And, and guess what y'all? Hey, Dr. Jeremy counts. I'm sorry, man. Shane train. It's not happening. He's, he's, he's down in Columbia right now. I'm really sorry. Uh, I can't, I don't have the answer for you. I can't tell you where do we go from here, but we, we, we let the Cavaliers go back to back. It's, it's over. It's over. I want them all gone.
0: Uh, word of the day for me is expectations. You know, we jumped on the preview, me and Cadams and we were saying, you know, Clemson's going to score a lot of points. We might score some points, too, but not nearly as much. We'll hope to keep the game close. And then we come up and get that first quarter lead and, you know, stick it to him in the first half. And, you know, I I did not expect to be so fired up at halftime about how that last drive went, but I did not expect it to be a seven-point game at halftime either. And it it was just an interesting evening, you know, all day just thinking about, you know, I wonder what's going to happen. And then it it just did not meet my expectations. I did not think we were going to be in it at that point in the game. Um, but at the end of the day, I still felt upset. I still felt angry. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely a little, uh, little tired of everything going on kind of to, to resonate with grace and, and, you know, this is not what we want. These are not the Virginia Tech expectations that we set forth every single year in September. No. You know, when we look at that twelve game schedule this year, eleven years obviously or eleven games, obviously. But um, you know, the expectations just have not been met. I'm gonna piggyback on your word, Grayson. I mean, crushed. Like,
1: it's just Pat this morning sent uh, in in Ted Party in Oxford sent a uh, a. Um, a video from section five from uh, the wake game last year. And it's just so crazy to think about like how, even after like the Kentucky loss, the UVA loss or, or post Pittsburgh or post UNC, like how much joy Virginia tech football like genuinely brings to my day. Um, And, you know, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like when we beat Villanova, like I was, I was, I was, I was happy. I was over the moon. I love Virginia tech basketball. I'm rooting for Virginia tech basketball, but it never really gives you that same feeling that you get when Virginia tech football is playing well. So and we true. have, we, it's just not, it's just not the same. Um, and that doesn't mean I care about the basketball program less or I care about any of these other programs less. It's just like, that's, that's all I want. Like every fall, uh, you know, it's all I'm looking forward to in the summer and the winter and in, in the spring, like I'm just waiting for football. And this season has been nothing short of a nightmare. Um, it's been a tough year all around and, um, it's just sucked. Like the combination of watching it yesterday, you come out with a great game plan. And then you look at the stadium and there's nobody in the stadium. You got Kirk Herbstreet and Reese Davis on the con. There's no, there's nobody, there's nobody in the stadium. Uh, it's the fourth straight loss, uh, and another one at over 30 points. Um, uh, you know, just to wrap it up, I guess, um, this didn't feel like the Pittsburgh loss, uh, whereas the Pittsburgh loss, you just watched it and you were like, okay, we quit. We looked disinterested um you know we got out coached played, out efforted um you know clemson was just a better team than us and the injuries and the turnovers kind of really added up but again it's the fourth straight loss we're sitting here recording another lost podcast and it's just like i don't know what to think what to do what to <laughs> what to feel it's just like uh just feeling numb but uh we added this segment i guess this kind of bleeded in over to it how do i feel uh, just lost, broken, hopeless, counting down the days for the season to end. We were talking about the bull streak might be over. Like I kind of just can't wait to be done. I'm going to watch the UVA game. I want to beat UVA. I'm, 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 I'm focused on beating UVA. If that helps at all, but, <laughs> um, you know, stay focused uh, and stay focused. I got to go one to know. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for football to be over. And just to, just to clarify, my position on the bowl streak because it was poorly worded by me. I'll admit that I put out a tweet earlier, kind of di- um, addressing my um, addressing my reservations for the bull streak. And it has nothing to do with taking away from what we've done in the past or uh, you know, decades of making a bowl game and decades of success. And we are the number one team with the, with the bowl streak as of right now. Um, my problem is I don't want, a bowl game to be the barometer of success for Virginia tech. Uh, And I think that's kind of what it's become like so many times, like we talk about like, keep the streak alive, keep the streak alive, keep the streak alive. That might've meant something like back in the early thousands, that might've meant something in the nineties where you had to win nine, 10 games to go to a bowl game. We have five and seven teams going to a bowl game. Now, you know what I mean? And at this point you're lumping in, we kept the streak alive. That includes the 2018 year. Is that something to be fired up about 2018 where we have our first losing season, Or, you know, some of the other years where we squeak our way in. I understand it's maybe one of the, it it honestly just is probably the sad reality of there's just not that many exciting things to kind of talk about. Um, But going to a bowl game should be the expectation here. If you need to go 500 to go to a bowl game, we should damn well be going to a bowl game every single year, period.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, the bowl streak. Not even the bowl streak, but bowl games—they've just been completely diluted by the fact that it is—it is a money grab everywhere. There's too many bowl games. The college football playoff has kind of diluted everything in college. Companies football. that everything companies, is about the playoff. Companies
1: that are sending it that are not allowing employees to come into work and are working remotely are like, oh, but by the way, we're still going to have the uh, the Red Box Bowl in uh, in in bah- the Bahamas. So load up the kids, bring them on down. Like it's just. It, it 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 just the whole thing rubs me the wrong the wrong way. Grace, I'd love I'd love your perspective on the bowl thing real quick before we uh before we hear Pat's. How do I feel? Uh, what are sure. your thoughts on kind of the whole bowl
2: game thing? Sure. So, Bill, I you know I'm with you, man. I loved what you just said about that. Sh- that should be the expectation every year. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But now it feels like that's all we have, and that's all we have had. Now, probably for the past seven or eight years, is a crusty bowl streak. What does Clemson sell? National championships and ACC championships. We sell. Hey, hey, guess what? We have the longest bowl streak in the country, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go to another one this year. Internally, that matters though. Like, like
1: what I what I didn't really convey well in that one is is I heard back from Brendan Hill. I heard back from Eric Kuma. I I got to text some other guys and stuff. And internally, yeah, Matt, it means a lot. Like as a team back in 2013 or 2014, 2015, and I'm sure in 2018, like you're striving to get to that bowl game. And from a team building perspective, you get those extra practices, you get that time together, you get to go on a trip. Uh, I've been to, you know, different cities that I probably would have never seen if I didn't go in the bowl game. Like it's a great memory. But from the outside looking in to me, like if the first thing that someone out externally is thinking about Virginia tech is, Oh, they go to a bowl game every year. It's just like, I don't know. I want to be, I want to be better than that. Honestly, we should be.
2: I agree. It's like, I don't want to be the team. Oh yeah. Virginia tech. You know, they were pretty, they were really good back in the mid two thousands and now they're known for just going to a bowl. Yeah. No, we should be known for winning conference championships and Mm -hmm. competing at the highest level. Got to level up, man. Got to uh, level up, and and I understand because I saw Brendan Hills tweet back at you. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a pride thing. You know, going sure. to bowl, going to a bowl means something, and I'm not saying it, it does. doesn't. It does, it does. The fact that we have the longest bowl streak in the country is a big deal, but it shouldn't that, be the biggest deal. It shouldn't. That's be it. The
1: biggest deal.
2: <laughs> that's you know? it. It shouldn't be the biggest deal. That's not the ceiling. That right. should not be the ceiling.
1: Wow, that came out really nice, Grayson. I like I like how we I like how we uh, tagged that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that was that was very (laughs) eloquent. Put it on a shirt. Yeah, Pat.
0: Pat, How how do you feel, man? I have kind of two points I want to make here, or a couple points. Um, I just feel let down. I feel completely let down. I thought this was going to be a big year. You know i I wish there was some type of accountability out of out of our coaching staff um, you know just I'm a big Rutgers guy you guys know that I'm in Big Ten territory I guess New Jersey is technically Big Ten territory now these days and Greg Schiano gets up there on the podium after Rutgers loses to Penn State and he just says this is my fault this is my staff's fault we were out coach and we were outplayed and that falls on me and Mike Young Says the same thing after the Villanova game about the, um, the the foul that was called with the second left that essentially pushed them to the line and pushed us into overtime. That is my fault. I should I should have known better. I- he should have known better because I'm his coach, and you know that's the oldest trick in the book, and you know that falls on me. And then you got Tom Allen at Indiana in the post game interview. Oh my gosh! Every single player. Jumps up on Tom Allen. This is the best coach in America. Come play for this guy. I love this guy. You know, I just, I just want that warm, fuzzy feeling once in a while that, you know, I can believe in my coach. I can believe in my staff. And it's just when you lose four games in a row like this, I I don't. You know, I man, I believe in Mike Young. I love that guy. He is the man. But yeah, I just, I just feel let down and it's, it's tough.
2: Um, I, you know, Bill, something that you said earlier really struck a chord with me. You know, we talk about basketball and obviously we're undefeated right now. That's awesome. Like the Villanova win huge. Obviously that makes you happy. Right. But there is nothing. No, there's nothing in this life that brings me greater joy. honestly, than when Virginia Tech football wins a, w- wins a game, it's not and close. I, it's not even close. And like I, I think it's football carries more weight than basketball because there are fewer games, and it, the, the games are spaced out. There's one a week every Saturday, and that's what that's what gets you there. Every Monday, it's like I'm working for Saturday. I'm working to see the Hokies play. I'm working to see them win, and that it like gives you something to look forward to. Basketball, I mean, they're playing on Tuesday night. Granted, that's cool, but man, when Virginia Tech football wins, it's it's euphoric. We like, were playing Clemson
1: this week, and you know, any other year, you're dying for that opportunity. Even if, yeah. like, in the back of your head, you're like, "I know we're gonna lose." I I barely spoke about the game. Like, I barely, yeah. like, you know, last year when we were get leading up to, like, the Notre Dame game, like, I'm looking at, like, Notre Dame's too deep. Like, I'm watching Notre Dame games. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at, like, what, 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 what matchups are we going to exploit here? And I'm not saying I'm not rooting for the guys. I'm not looking forward to them. It's just, like, it's not even fun to talk about. And that's obvious. I mean, you know, but it's just that's the overwhelming feeling is, like, yeah, the basketball team's great. Yeah, my Celtics get to tip off in like two or three weeks. Um, the Mets have a new owner who's going to spend a ton of money and we're going to win a World Series pretty soon. That's exciting. But f- like beating Duke in football by 40, like hits different. Like it just, it just does. It just, hits, it it just means just, more. It,
0: it, just, oh, it just always will. So kind of going right off of that, we invest. We invest our time. We invest finances, finances, financials, whatever, we invest our emotions in Virginia Tech football. And I think that really parlays into a question that John Lohr asked a few weeks ago that we didn't get to. Um, but he says, you know I'm trying, to, I'm trying to fight to my friends. How can we be more positive about this team and the coaching staff? You know, I donate to the Hokie club. I love listening to you guys. You have great perspective. And I'd love it if you could address on the podcast, you know, why should we continue to spend four hours of our Saturday? Watching this team with this staff and you know, why should we continue to give money? I'm not sure I've you know ever been more embarrassed to be a hokey fan. And there's a lot of people who are right there with you, John. So it kind of it kind of boils down to three things for me. Um, you know, now that I've had some time to think about it and I I messaged John about this, but I wanted to, you know, put it on here. I would keep watching and keep supporting Virginia Tech football and every sport at Virginia Tech because of these three reasons. Uh, one, Will Stewart, big shout out to him. I know he did this. I think it was after the Pittsburgh game. How the program belongs to the fan base. Um, you know, he talked about Virginia Tech football will always be there and that the fan base will exist long after any coach or administrator or you know, anyone else involved with the program is gone. The fan base is still going to be here. The alumni are still going to be here. Uh, Castle Coliseum and Lane Stadium, they're still going to be here. And as a fan, it's, it's your duty to support and engage with this program because the program belongs to the fan base. It always has belonged to the fan base. Um, if you want to check that out, it's at the one hour and 23 minutes mark uh, from Will on their post Pittsburgh episode, but number two, the community. And this, this one really hits home with me, why I invest and why I spend so much time. Um, You know, if you're listening to this, you might not have any other teams out there. I don't Grayson doesn't Billy's, you know, number one is definitely tech football, but you know, all of my closest friends are the folks and the family who supports this program, just like I do. You know, we celebrate together, we grieve together, we joke around together, we watch all the games together. And, you know, I feel like the amount of friends and companions that I have made through Virginia Tech and through Virginia Tech athletics, you know, really just gives me a reason enough to stay invested and in love with this program. I cannot tell you the amount of friends that I have met just tailgating for Hokie games, you know, just because we share that common bond, that common passion. Um... And then, you know, number three, the players. You know, I, I I love this team. I love the guys on this team. I've never loved a group of guys more. I know I, I feel like I say that every year, but you know, I I love big play Trey and Hendon and Jared Hewitt and Chamari, Darisaw, you know, Brock, the nastiness, the great. I know, I know he makes mistakes, but I still think he is a great football player. You know, Divine Diablo, Khalil Herbert comes in and is a star. For Virginia Tech. Amari Barno gives his all every single week. Um, So just the players, you know, you got some guys who are going to be playing on Sundays that it, it's, it's, it's important to tune in and watch them when they're, when they're playing their college days. Look at Tyrod, you know, he's been in the league for 10 years. Look at Logan Thomas blossoming. Look at the Fuller brothers and Brandon Faison getting some time. Um, You know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that the the staff has put our guys in the right places to win some of these games this year. And I know it's been really rough, but I'm always going to tune in to watch these guys do well and hopefully get to that next level. So I think to any hooky fan out there listening, always stay invested, find your community, support the players and know that you know the program ultimately belongs to you as a Virginia Tech football fan. I that was phenomenal
2: that was great.
1: Uh, I just want to tip my cap to you Pat I mean you know I, I know this has kind of already been been said um but like it's 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 my team like it's mm-hmm. that's why I went to school uh you know I still know some of the guys on the team now but even years from now like they'll be dining at the same dining halls I used to dine at they'll be taking the same classes they'll be. Enjoying the same small town that I, I enjoyed when I was in college, um, and making the same great memories that, you know, I made in my time. Um, and there's nothing else that I would rather do on the 12 to 15 or whatever Saturdays over the course of the fall. Like I, I just can't imagine myself doing something else, um, also, it it hasn't been bad for very long, so I don't know what it's like to be bad for eight, ten years. So maybe that'll change. Hopefully, we don't get there. I don't think we will, but um, I just love this program, and I'm always going to support it. And you know, I think I think those three points really uh, hit the hit the nail on the head. Um, Grayson, go ahead with uh, with how you're feeling, and then I actually have some breaking news um, for everybody in here. Um, but Copy go ahead, that. Grayson.
2: No, I mean Pat, very. Very eloquently put, and that comes from the heart that comes from a guy who has been around this program ever since he was a little kid. Uh, so I, I share a lot of those same sentiments. Um, you know, just being a hokey is tough because even in times of turmoil, man, I don't think you'll ever find a more loyal fan base. I just, Hokies love Hokies and Hokies love to see other Hokies succeed. Uh, and so when the team isn't doing well, it it breaks everyone's heart, uh, especially knowing where we have been and where we should be uh, and where we currently stand now. And, you know, we, the, the idea that we're all crushed uh, has, <laughs> we, we can't hammer that home enough. So, I don't have really too much else to add on that front other than, you know, I just feel for the players. I feel for the players. I want them to succeed. And we got one left. And the 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 last one on this schedule is the one that means the most. And dad freaking gum it. we better win. Like for for my my sanity, for everyone's sanity, we cannot let those. Bow tie wearing breed sheep eating <laughs> wussies and Charlottesville go back to back. I will be damned if we do. So that's that's all I got left. Is that one game? It's like make my day, please. Um, you know that's that's it for me, man. I just I just want to see our guys do well at every level in the in the classroom, in the weight room, and on the field. Uh, it's, well, I got I got some awesome breaking news
1: about about doing well post grad, and I think you guys are both going to be fired up. I don't know if you guys have heard this. Go ahead. But posted four minutes ago, officially by the Philadelphia 76ers, Oh yeah, I see. They have signed Justin Robinson to a contract with the Philadelphia 76ers sixers. Um, I couldn't be happier for him. Well, I know there it's, you go. go. Been, what a transition. It's, <laughs> it's been such, it's been such a, I know it's been a, a tough year for J Rob and, and everything else and how hard he's been working and stuff. And uh, you know, the, the terms of deal are not disclosed. Obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in the off season with training and um, making the roster and everything else, but he's getting another shot. Uh, I know he played with the uh, Delaware blue coats, which were the NBA G league affiliate uh, since January 21st. Um, but, I'm I'm so happy for him, uh, and wishing him nothing but the best uh, in this upcoming basketball season. So, um, really happy for Justin. Uh, moving right along here, uh, we got letters from the lunch pail. Man, we have a bevy of letters from the lunch pail as we have the last few weeks. As always, letters from the lunch pail brought to you by Uscape Apparel. I love Uscape Apparel. Let me let me say this lightly because the family's downstairs. Uscape Apparel will be um, the official one of the official gifts in the Mitchell household for mama Mitchell, Papa Mitchell and Jackson Mitchell. So I will be going over to youscape.com and uh, using the 15% off sons of Saturn sons of sat discount code uh, to officially outfit the Mitchell family for Christmas. So be sure to head on over there, check them out. They got some great stuff. Rep your skyline. It's comfortable. I was wearing the crew neck today when we were down at family dinner. Uh, it's nice. It's bulky. It's warm. Uh, it's cozy. Nice for sipping, you know, if you do the whole eggnog thing by the fire or the Yule log on the TV, whichever one you do. Um, check it out. Love you, Apparel. Apparel. Um, Pat, get us uh, get us rolling here with the uh, with the with the letter L's from the P, as my boy G would say.
0: Our first <laughs> one comes from. Karsten, Karsten. Karsten. <laughs> sprinklers of Saturday. He says, other than the sprinklers coming on, what was your highlight of the game for Virginia tech? I will kick it off. I just got to shout out my boy, Knox Katum. Uh Fun fact, Knox Kadem defeated Justin Fields in high school. Knox is from Rome, Georgia. He, his number was called and he did not play that bad, man. He, uh he definitely hung in there. Uh, led a led a couple of solid drives, but he was a highlight for me. I think I think we're definitely going to need him next week. I don't know the status on Burmeister. Don't know the status on Hendon, but uh, I want to give a uh, a tip of the cap, as Billy would say, to Knox Kadem. When opportunity knocks, Kadem delivers.
1: <laughs> I'm glad we got <laughs> glad we got that in. No, I mean that's definitely that was definitely my bright spot. Um, you know, you just have to consider like what he does over the course of the week um you know fourth string quarterback signaler he's running the scout offense primarily he's probably going off of like memory from the summer um on on playbook stuff and meetings but uh for him to step in there and, and and be I don't think he didn't play bad I thought he played well uh step in there deliver do what he has to do um you know obviously I hope Hendon or Braxton can go but I you know he showed some moxie. I uh, I'm fired up for Knox Kadem, and and I'm and I mean this, Pat and you. We've had these conversations too. People have DM'd me or texted me and been like, "Hey, this Knox Kadem guy, like, he's actually really good. Like, I know he was committed to JMU, but like Knox Kadem can actually play ball." Uh, and coach said so it at the end to of the tech. game. He came. So to he came to Tech. Yeah. So he came yeah. to Tech. Uh, and coach Food has has spoke about him and said he he has a chance to be a productive quarterback in his tenure at Virginia Tech. So you know hands. Uh, putting the mitts together for him for sure. Um, Grayson, what was your, do you have a highlight from,
2: uh, from I would yesterday? say, I would say Burmeister, honestly, you know, hooker, yeah. hooker goes down and, and I said it earlier, you said it earlier, Bill, he looked the most comfortable he had been, uh, in, in the pocket and, mm-hmm. and under center all season. So it's what he was advertised
1: as at the beginning of the year. Like sure. what he did yesterday was, was mm-hmm. what we had kind of expected. Sure. Um, DMC, the real McCoy. With all respect to Knox, if BB and Hooker can't go next weekend, would the staff slash captains be open to having QP return to the team and start? Would think it benefits both sides. I can answer this one. I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to the captains. I don't. I don't. I don't know what their feeling is. I mean, uh, I wish Quincy nothing but the best. He's been the ultimate teammate, the ultimate warrior. But you know, once you bow out and, and you know you're moving on with with two weeks left in the season, I don't. I don't think it's appropriate or even something that you would have a, a, a conversation about. Um, you know, I, 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 would love to see Hendon or, 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 uh, or Braxton be able to go next week. If not give Knox some reps. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's, I, I don't think that benefits either side actually uh, to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think even mentally just, I'm sure Quincy once he posted a thing on social media, he's mentally, Checked out, you know, and I don't know if he was you checked can't out do it for that or not, but you can't, you, it, can't it would be, happen. it would be very interesting from a PR perspective of just like what kind of coverage would, would we get from that? Um But you can't do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, do I don't it. see it happening. It's no he, disrespect
1: to either side. You just, you, you can't, you can't do that. You're rolling with the guys who are in the locker room every week. That's how that goes. He's yep. leaving. That's that,
0: right? And if you if you look at the roster, the roster has been updated. Uh, Quincy is no longer on the roster on Hokiesports.com. And Brian Holbrook asks about uh, who our fifth string quarterback is in case Knox, uh, you know, Knox is knocked out um, in the event. You know, fingers crossed here. Let's let's stay healthy in the quarterback room. But we got two guys here. Uh, we got Peyton Cameronlin. Who Ooh. is a six one two hundred forty five freshman from Shelby, North Carolina, but did Shelby. not go did not go to high school with Brett uh, with uh, with Dax. He went to uh, Palmetto Prep. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if that's in uh, in South Carolina. And then Joshua Forberger, who does not have a picture tied to his name, he is Ooh. also a freshman from Bethesda, Maryland, Walter Johnson High School. So uh, you
1: know, can Peter I ask you? Cross- can I ask a fun yeah. question? Can yeah. I ask a to letters lunch? Letters, if you guys could like if you had to pick a player who wasn't a quarterback to to like throw in like out of nowhere, like you need to play quarterback, um, you know, invincible Eagles garbage can guy type deal. Like who who on the roster would you would you say? James Mitchell. <laughs>
2: okay. Play, James play Mitchell. Play quarterback in high school. Yeah. Grayson? <laughs> to play QB. Geez. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think James Mitchell would definitely be interesting. Uh seeing number 82 drop back in the pocket, that'd be hilarious. But it's like we need him to do, we need him to catch the ball. Uh-huh. So I I, I I don't damn, dude. I don't know. I, I really I don't have a good answer there. Khalil Herbert. Khalil <laughs> <Carl> Herbert <do laughs> a little
1: uh or Raheem Blackshear, maybe. Maybe that's how we get him more involved. I don't know. Yeah. Going east and west. Who knows? I have no
0: idea. <laughs> um just and just look at the the uh the quarterback room, just thinking about this now, Braxton Burmeister, BB, Hendon Hooker, HH, Knox Kadem, KK. KK. We got We got. We got the uh, – Alliteration. What? Yeah, is that – Alliteration. Ka- I guess Knox Kadem is not alliteration. Um, Kenny Kadem <laughs> would be a good name.
2: <laughs> Let's move Kenny on. Kenny
0: Kadem. Kenny Patrick Lawrence, Changa Hodge showed he can do some good things. Had two receptions last night. Why wait till now to use him? i'm I'm not at practice.
1: I don't know what his familiarity is with the playbook. I would just say, I think that spring and summer matters. He got there a little bit late. I'm surprised it took him this long to get worked in. Um, we have him now. I would expect him to be more utilized this week. Um, but I don't know. I, I have no I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I do know reps are important though. Chris Gibbons, with probably, I mean, <laughs> this could have been a segment. Oh Thoughts on the Ian Book interview? One of the strangest things I've ever seen for a football broadcast in the middle of the game. This is, I guess, this offset like Kirk and Reese like Virginia Tech, Chris, like Chris do. Fowler or Chris Fowler. Sorry, they like Virginia Tech, but. ESPN always has to sprinkle some disrespect on Virginia Tech every time we're here, whether it's the wrong graphic, whether it's, you know, calling us the who's or whatever. The Zion Cam. Zion camp. So they just fully, full blown, host a podcast in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) They just full blown are like, hey, Ian, um, can you just pull up a chair in legacy village and just chat with us for a few minutes, um, on, uh, on, on the zoom thing here. And th- there were times where like, they wouldn't have a question. So Ian would just be sitting there like doing nothing. And he was still taking up half of the screen. It's like, excuse me,
2: what we, what is who, going on right now? Who produced that segment? Cause they should be fired <sighs> yesterday. Like that was, it was just so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. And it's also just the the disrespect. It's like, Yes, okay. Ian Book is a QB who who beat Clemson uh, and is on this under American sweetheart. Good looking guy. Amer- American sweetheart. Guy. He's a hell of a hell of a football player. love, but love I'm like, Ian Book. But I'm like <laughs> all all I can think is is the amount of disrespect we're playing. This is our game. And they're already like, Oh yeah, Virginia Tech is gonna get the doors blown off. Let's talk to Ian Book because the rematch is inevitable.
0: Yeah, you it's like it. it's like, hey, Notre Dame has their own TV network on NBC that is on every single TV in America on Saturdays. They get Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy on the call, and yet here's Ian Book jumping over to ESPN or or the ABC coverage. They got NBC and ABC dominance on on this Saturday. It's like, guys, this is still a football game. That was yes, that was uh, we could call it a peculiar. Oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's bon- <sucked.
1: laughs> next question from b before VT. Okay. How mad were you? where they interviewed Ian book? Literally three times in the game. Same question. I was furious. I was like, I don't know if I was angry. I would say I was just more like confused. I was like, what? This, this is not, this is not how this is supposed to, this is not how this is supposed to happen. Michael. Michael Witz, Wow. He would fit in good in the, uh, in the quarterback room, then double M M and M. Uh, my question, (laughs) Pat's on mute, but he's laughing really hard. Uh, my question is why was Hendon hooker who was pulled from the game because of injury was not given immediate medical attention. Here comes Santa Claus on the fire truck. He was having convulsions of sorts on the sideline without any attention was the problem. Was the problem, not what it seemed. Was it ignorance from the medical staff? I'm not like, I'm not going to get it. Like, I, I have a lot of respect for the medical staff at Virginia Tech. I'm not going to, like – I have no idea because a lot – they have a tough job. Um, I don't know what was going on with him. Um, I, I don't think the word, like, he was cold is a medical definition. But, again, Coach Fonte is not a doctor. Um, I think, you know, the most concerning part was when he came off the field the second time and he just sat down and it looked like he wasn't getting any attention. Um, but if I were a medical staff person and and he got pulled, I wouldn't have assumed he was hurt. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, my only answer to this question really is like, I hope he's okay. Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, I hope he's okay. I, I hope he's been assessed. I hope he's been looked at. I know Virginia tech fans were freaking out about it rightfully. So just cause they're worried about him, but, but yeah, I hope he's, uh, I hope he's all right. Brian Holbrook. How can we not find a wide receiver to adequately return punts? This goes all the way back to putting an injured Hazleton back there a few years ago, just a fair catch it beyond embarrassing. Brian, I'll raise you this. We found a tight end who can return punts better than any of our wide receivers. And he fields them on the bounce. I got to tell you what, We have the TX to VT thing going on. We're trying to get the VA to VT thing going on. How about TE to PR, tight end to punt returner? I am all in on that hashtag.
2: That's a fire hashtag. You get that one? Because, you know, the fire truck in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Santa Claus
1: is going. I don't know if you guys do this in your local towns. We throw Santa Claus up uh, up on the fire truck and drive around and have him wave. I hope I don't miss it because that's actually one of the highlights of my December.
0: Grant Watson, we completely, <laughs> we completely dominated time of possession. Do you guys see us following a similar game plan against UVA? Well, to be frank, I think the game plan is to always come out on top for time of possession, especially if we are a run-heavy offense. I've, I, I if you would have told me that we would have had had the ball for 38 minutes on Saturday, I would have told you the game would have been a lot closer than you know five touchdown difference. But we got we got Brennan Armstrong coming in. Brennan Armstrong had a game yesterday against the Boston College Eagles. He actually had the highest grade on PFF of all college quarterbacks yesterday. Um so yeah, I mean let's let's ground and pound and let's let's hold the ball as long as we let's can to get that guy off the field. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm hoping we can dominate Tom with possession. I I, I I like the huddle look. Like I like
1: Me I too. like huddling up, talking to everybody. Hey, it's old Darisau, what's going on? I like your shoes today. Let's let's run some twenty six power. Like you know, yeah. I, I like I, I liked I liked the uh, I like the huddle look. Last one from the Letos and Lunchpail, J.K. Shields. Have y'all ever felt worse about playing UVA? Ooh, tough question. No, <laughs> going into the game, likely having to play a fourth string quarterback, recipe for disaster. I don't know if it's likely we're supposed to play a fourth string quarterback. If it's true that Hendon was just cold, hopefully seven days is long enough to warm
0: up, and hopefully, know. and hopefully, it's a nice day in Blacksburg next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but hopefully it's,
2: it's a nice kickoff, another night game, cold yes. again. Look,
0: hey, the nice. field crew has
1: plenty of time to. First of all, first on the on the list, check the timers on your sprinklers first and foremost. Second off, I know this is a lot to ask in a seven day span. Wheel over some heat, some heat warmers, wheel over the jackets, you know, let's get some of the tech fit, uh, under Armour. Or, or I just, does anyone else call like the stretchy stuff under armor? Like regardless of who makes it, I I do, uh, get like the long sleeve, stretchy wetchies out, get them all ready to keep everybody warm. Um, you got seven days to do it. Let's, let's, let's do that. Uh, but I have, I don't think I've ever been no 20, 2015. I was pretty nervous. 2015 and 2014. I was pretty nervous. 2018. I was kind of like. There's this is never going to end, so I wasn't that nervous. I'd say 2014, 2015, I was probably more nervous. I personally think there's that we're going to win on Zach.
2: I'll I'll put it this way, this I'm always nervous about that game. I don't care what year it is. I don't care if it's 2016 when we beat them 52 to 10 or whatever that score was. Or if it's 2008 and we beat them 17 to 14 and Pernell Sturdivant gets that stat, sack and Bud Foster goes crazy down the sideline, I don't care. It always Jason. Th- Jason world had the sack. Pernell Sturdivant had the pick in the end zone. In 2008, we'll have to fact yep. check that. But oh, yep. uh,
1: <laughs>
2: do we have some? Do we have some hokey history beef here? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna have to. Talk you know about who that doesn't? One, you know man. who doesn't know who it was? Me. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll talk about that, but. I I'll say this: this year, I will be the least surprised in my life if we lose. Wow, wow, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm full transparency. I'm I don't feel good about it at all, especially with the quarterback situation right now. I mean, the only thing that makes me feel better I, for I, we were talking before we press record today. For some reason, I keep thinking the game is in Charlottesville, and that just it's not. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just had this weird feeling about next weekend, and I don't like it, and I don't want them to go back to back. So, Pat, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna eat some crow here. I looked it up. <laughs> it was Sturdivant. <laughs> hey, <laughs> don't, don't talk to me. About, <laughs> I know everything. Purnell Sturdivant, oh. number forty-five. Don't, don't step to the champ. Get murks, kid. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, I got to say 2018 was the most nervous I've ever felt before the UVA game just because that year was a disaster. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident this week either. Uh, that's all I'll say. I do like that it's at home. Uh, we haven't lost to UVA at home since the late 90s. Uh, so let's bump it in to Sharky Shoutouts. Thank you, everyone, for submitting letters from the Lunch Pail this week. Closing thoughts, Billy Ray. Uh, I don't know. I don't see you drinking a Long Island over there. I don't see you eating some wings, but I know that next time we're at Sharkies in Blacksburg, we'll be doing that. So shout out to Sharkies. But uh, give us some closing thoughts, my friend. Bear with
1: me. Plenty of closing thoughts here. First and foremost, I want to shout out Bill Roth. Bill Roth got some national attention this week. He was uh, covering, quite frankly, the most interesting game of the entire weekend. He covered the Coastal Carolina BYU game, which was a great football game. So I want to shout out Bill Roth for getting some national attention. I want to also shout out former, former Virginia Tech Hokie, Sam Denmark, who does play at Coastal Carolina. Uh, interested to see kind of where they fall, interested to see what bowl game they'll be going to. Um, but what a great story coming out of Coastal Carolina. Shout out to Jackson. Jackson will be home on Sunday for the first time since July. I cannot wait for that rolling ball of butcher knives to be back in the Mitchell household. He called me yesterday on FaceTime and he said, hey, yo, just to let you know, you're going to have to get out of the tempur bed and move over to the other bed because I've been sleeping in a twin for the last couple of months. So I'm going to be a good brother. I'm going to move myself out of the comfortable bed, get into the other bed. Um, so, you know, excited to get Jackson back home. And also... I don't know, but you guys, I had a great time before the game. Uh, I want to shout out Chris Monaco. He's headed out to uh, the Secret Service, but don't tell anybody. because It's a secret. Chris Monaco headed out to the Secret Service in Georgia. Uh, wishing you nothing but the best. It was great to see you, and I will see you next year uh, in March. Socially distant so- so Social Security Secret Service. Uh, not able to get out and about. So I will see you next year. Fitz, Jaden, Harry, Rosa, and company. We all went to Magianos. And then a Charlottesville tour. Thank you, Riley. And a great job by Cadams on the game preview last week. Fantastic. So Damn. uh what a great uh what a great line of shout-outs.
0: What does everybody else have? Pat. Yeah, wanna shout out. I know um got a shout out Dr. Cran in the Chesapeake Center for Complete the goat. Industry. The, the goat. goat. The goat of teethery and contentory and sons of smiles. Scallops. Sons of uh, shrimp scampi this weekend. <laughs> shrimp that scampi. looks so good. Um, and then wanted to give a, a quick plug and shout out to our partner podcasts. Uh, number one, Sons of Saturday, Notre Dame, the Irish folks. Uh, they have been doing a great job. Uh, so is their football year. team, honestly. Also, I mean, they are, they are UND defeated, undefeated. Um, and, then, uh, they, they've had some great guests as well. If you like the Irish, if you like Ian book, go ahead and check out sons of sad Irish and then Josh and Ross Rossi three sacks, Josh Parcel of sons of Saturday, uh, the national podcast. They had bill Roth on last week. Give them a follow. Uh, they do a lot of fun segments as well. Um, but yeah, want to give, want to give them a plug, follow them at sons of sat. They do the national podcast twice
2: a week. I'll, uh, I'll close this thing out. Uh, first off, you know, I come home in two weeks for the holidays, uh, for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, shout out to uh, you guys because I can't wait to see you. It's going to be a lot of oh. fun in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll be merry and bright and drink some eggnog, even though I don't like eggnog, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, shout out to my family. Oh, my gosh. cannot wait to see you guys. Uh, I miss y'all. Uh, just like your brother, Billy Ray, I too have not been home since July. So I, uh, I cannot wait to come home and just be with my family for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, I, here's, to, here's to beating the Wahoos. Got to get that cup back. That's
1: Figure it out. Figure it out. That's the job. Figure it out. Make it happen. You have a chance. You have a chance to make me smile for the first time in a very long time. Yep. associated with Virginia Tech football. I would love nothing more than to smile. Pat, I'd love to see him show off his burly Whites. Anyway, everybody, we got te- we got basketball coming up later. Again, Penn last State. shot at be Penn, Penn State. Be Penn State. PPSU. We have to do it. We got to do it. Um, and then last uh, but not least, obviously, shout out to Justin Robinson. Happy for you. Can't wait to see what comes out of that. But we will be talking to you really, really soon. And this week, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. I've done this before. Our interview with Coach Sung, the Virginia Tech women's lacrosse coach, will be dropping in the first half of this week. So look out for that. Take care, everybody.